0: One of the reasons I've always loved sports is sports provide the chance to instantly be part of a community and to be part of something bigger than yourself. Martin Richardson will explain how he created a movement through the Dog Nation Hockey Foundation with a community of hockey players to help families in their deepest time of need and how that movement has grown to provide millions of dollars for suffering families and also develop some exciting visions for the future for able-bodied and disabled hockey players on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have a conversation with Martin Richardson, president, CEO, and dog father of the Dog Nation Hockey Foundation, an organization that uses the game of hockey to build community and serve others. Martin was born in England but grew up in Colorado loving sports and the outdoors. He's been a practicing CPA for over 25 years. As a graduate of Metro State University, Martin starred for the Roadrunners on the soccer field earning him a place in the University's Hall of Fame. His hockey passion runs deep and started on his parents' outdoor rink in Indian Hills, Colorado. In 2012, he won the Channel 7 Everyday Hero Award and was a finalist for the Colorado Youth Soccer Coach of the Year. In 2014, Martin was honored as the Colorado Water Rapids Community MVP and finished second in the Major League Soccer League-wide voting for the prestigious MLS Community MVP. That's not local. That's a national award. In 2021, Martin was a semifinalist for the NHL's coveted Willie O'Ree Community Award. Again, a national award. Awesome. Most importantly, Martin is married to Cindy and is the father to three daughters. Martin, thanks for
1: being with us. Oh, well, there's a lot there.
0: That's a lot there. It's <laughs> I got a good PR guy,
1: it sounds like. <laughs>
0: To start off, how would you describe Dog Nation to somebody that doesn't know anything about it?
1: It's a just a tapping into a a community, a really unique community, the hockey community, and helping folks within that community. And really, probably the easier way is to kind of tell you how it started. And at uh, yeah, yeah, it it we were just a bunch of guys that played hockey, and and um, in that locker room were. There were bartenders and students and CEOs and attorneys and CPA like me, but really kind of all walks of life were on this team that we would get to. And that's no different than any team locally here in the Denver softball team or, or what have you. And um, the difference was with our team in 2009, we'd been playing together for uh, about six, seven years and our team was called the dogs, hence the dog nation thing. But we weren't a nonprofit. We were just, some guys that that uh, once a week, right? It wasn't like we didn't love our wives and girlfriends, but it was one <laughs> one night a week. with Boys will be boys, and right, we, got, we would get it uh, get together and in a nine day period in February of two thousand nine, of the fifteen players in that locker room, not one, not two, but three of them all were diagnosed with some sort of cancer. Wow! So, um, at that point. I literally and figuratively would pass my hat around the locker room and say, wow, we're going to go, we're going to, I'm going to go by uh, Andy's house. If anybody wants to join me, I'm going to be visiting Dave who wants to join me. And each time we would do that, um, we would rally. Most of the team would go and, and, um, and it wasn't that we gave Danny two hundred and fifty dollars. It was the fact that we showed up at his uh, right the his hospital room and mm-hmm. snuck in some Molsons and and <laughs> uh, and <laughs> had a signed banner behind his his bed there, and and that he knew he wasn't alone. That was the really the reason. And and uh, all three of those guys, they literally would work with their oncologists and and uh, their treatments and and build their treatments around our hockey schedule. Like, like, so they could play and and still not uh, at times, especially Andy, he had stage four colon cancer. He struggled, but it was still really important for him to get on the ice. And he did. And unbelievably, in 2009, a fourth guy on our team. Oh, my gosh. uh, Then started to get um, not. Not well. And I went to lunch with him one day. His name was Jack Kelly, very much like me. He was a college soccer player. I was a college soccer player. Yeah. He was, uh, he coached kids soccer. I coached kids soccer. He had three daughters, no sons. I have three daughters, no sons. And he had, I was CPA when he was a financial guy. So when he got sick, it was almost like looking at myself.
0: Right. You're looking in the mirror.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that could be me. Yeah. Unfortunately, he ended up with something, uh, an autoimmune disease. And over the next six months, he was, uh, he ended up, It, with uh, passing away oh, and i sorry. And, and when I, that, when that happened, I took his girls aside and I said, I want to do something in your dad's honor. I don't know what it is, but I want to do something. And several months later, I started this thing called dog nation hockey foundation. And basically it was really to help people like what was in my locker room. It's families where um, not always the breadwinner, but somebody in the family is um, is gone through tough times and the family itself is in financial uh, crisis. And And what can we do both to support them financially, but also um, uh, mentally and and emotionally and maybe even spiritually. And that's what what kicked this thing off. And believe it or not, 12 years later, we've been able to hand out close to three and a half million dollars,
0: three and a half million dollars. That's amazing. So the whole thing started from this place of we've got got to do something to help our friends. And now it's blown up into an organization that's pumped in three and a half million dollars.
1: Isn't that crazy? Stunning. Yeah, so what, really what we do is we tap into, I was literally on the phone this morning too with a gentleman and his his daughter is on the heart transplant list and they're having to uproot, mm. they lived in Colorado, wow. moved to Wisconsin based on a job with the wife, it looked like things were going great, sold their, like uh, bought a new place out there and then their youngest looks, is going to need to have a heart transplant and so they're going to be a lot of financial burden. Yeah, so the cost of that, but he's, he's probably not going to see this podcast, which is good, but he thinks he's just coming out on Monday night for our golf tournament. And I invited him to the dinner part and right. they're big abs fans. And Jared Bednar, the head coach is a friend of mine. He's coming out and nice I have them sit next to my next to Jared Bednar. And um my brother's a, a fairly recent heart transplant recipient himself and this little girl's on the heart transplant list. So uh, there, there's a lot of connections there and they think they're just coming out to get a really cool experience. And, and, uh, but (laughs) are
0: that'll be awesome. So was there a moment in this when, you know, you're passing the hat in the locker room, was there a moment where it was like, you know, this could be something, this could be something a lot bigger than just passing the hat in the locker room which it's obviously become, but was there that moment where you, you were like, Whoa, we're onto something here.
1: No, not really. Cause um, the original started with um, that year in 2010, Jack had passed in April mm-hmm. and the guy other guys were back in the lineup and we thought, well, that that was good. And I was, I was an international finance director at Oracle at the time and had a, a busy job and, yeah, and, and uh, other stuff and a family. And, and I was like, thought, well, I, I did, tell those girls i was going to do something but i still was kind of struggling kind of what it was but then on christmas eve of 2010 i was clearing off this pond that that you mentioned earlier and yeah for a christmas day skate with the neighborhood and i i ended up getting a phone call and i and i picked it up and it was andy gary who was the one with colon cancer stage four and he was looked like he was doing really well and then he called me on christmas eve telling me that i don't uh, in tears that he didn't think he was going to be making it. And he was oh, all under nine years old at the time. And that was really what kicked it off for me. I said, wow, I gotta, I gotta do something for my buddy, Andy. And what if we put a hockey tournament on, but what if we started it and did it as a nonprofit, we'd be able to get a lot more um, like donations and, yeah, yeah. and things. so literally one week later on, on on uh, new year's day, 2011 so one 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 it's easy to remember the day <laughs> uh, my goalie and defenseman and left wing and a few other guys we all threw a hundred dollars in the middle of the table and they all looked at me and said figure out how to make a 501c3 and um i did and, awesome and four, three months later we were able to make andy uh, one of our very first recipients and that's today
0: fantastic. He's
1: a teammate of mine
0: that's awesome. Yeah, so it's cool.
1: So that's really out. But no, there was not another. The first year, I mean, everything we did seemed to to sell out, get a lot of interest, and I guess that first year, even in the first year, it's like, well, we just did a hockey tournament, got that filled up, and right. and then we followed that up with a a comedy night, and that sold out or close to it, and then we did a golf tournament, and that sold out, and we we're like, well, it's uh clearly there's a In need, right? Market, I guess. Right. Right. right? But um, it didn't really, really, really take off till the last few years. Like really take off. I mean, it was already right.
0: Well, and this this is one of the beautiful things about sports. You've been around sports your whole life, played at a very high level. Is that it almost generates this this community. Talk about volunteers with your organization who are who are just they're just part of the hockey community. I learned about your organization from my friend Jeff Kingery, mm-hmm. who I've known for 35 years. I didn't even know until recently last few years that he's a big hockey guy. Yeah. So he found you. So tell me how the how the how the community kind of brings in people. And that's helped you grow.
1: I, I credit a lot of the growth of this with something that you wouldn't have seen 10, 15 years ago. And it's cause of social media. And, And we had a, Early on, like our very first tournament, literally, it was old school. Knocking on locker room doors and walking <laughs> in, and saying, "Here's what I'm doing. Here's here's a referee that was hit by a car. There's a um, there's a couple guys with cancer. Here's the things that we're yeah. going to do on this. Can you can you play this tournament?" And and uh, I had a couple of connections at that time. One of one of the guys I played with his brother was a equipment manager in the NHL and was able to get us like pretty. Amazing stuff for being a brand new nonprofit. Alex Ovechkin signed helmet, things like oh, that. Nice. So, so that was on the early end, and then um, now we'll do a post, and literally thousands of people read it. So Isn't if that I,
0: fantastic. Yeah, if
1: I say, "Hey, we need," we really unfortunately have to turn away volunteers. Wow. Because there's not we don't have enough spots to do them like this right. Golf tournament coming up this weekend. I've probably had all right, next Monday. It's going to probably had 40 people asked to volunteer. And That's
0: fantastic.
1: That. Yeah, so so they they see what we're doing and, and seeing the impact and they just want to be part of it
0: talk to me a little bit about, I think one of the other cool things that you're doing is, is the, the sled hockey piece. Um, you used to work with some uh, disabled um, sports stuff and, and always thought it was awesome. So talk a little bit about how not only are you doing all this great stuff to help people in, in their time of serious need, but you're also branching out now and doing stuff with sled hockey and helping disabled hockey players.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your timing on that's perfect. Cause we literally this weekend, took three sled hockey players including the truly the Wayne Gretzky of sled hockey his name's Declan Farmer uh fly fishing for the first time nice and we have these epic pictures of these two guys diving into one fishing hole because we and uh it's a beaver dam there and I'm above it with a fish on that's jumping out of the water and two guys nice. without legs diving into the water right below me wow pretty cool that's and, really and, cool um, but yeah the the disabled sled thing, I'm not even sure how it came about. I think we just gotten big enough and they reached out and they they typically need financial help and right. so there was yep. some reach out to us like hey can you come to a event and be a sponsor and at that point we were starting to grow quite a bit right and so right. people knew who we were and um, and they knew I knew a lot of the guys on the abs and different things like that so they right. were like, you get a signed thing can you get this and I think that's kind of how it happened and then then my son-in-law put a team a tournament on a, a dog tournament down in Colorado Springs we have multiple teams and his Colorado Springs dogs put a tournament on nice. And it being in down near in Colorado Springs area, it was in Monument. There was a lot of sled players down there because of the military guys. too. Right. um, right. So we actually did a sled exhibition at that event. And when I did that, I got to meet a bunch of those guys. And then at that point, I, I realized there was a... Not just a financial need, but a, a support need and just a an awareness need in that whole area. And and so since then, we've actually then gone the other direction and helped recipients of ours that were paralyzed or, or terrible things happened right. to them and said, hey, let me introduce you to this other guy. You, your right. hockey career's not over. And that's that's kind of how that's happened. And now they're a giant, like this weekend, they're a giant part of what we do.
0: You obviously have a a calling to help others. I mean, you know, it's one thing to say, "Boy, we, I really should do something for my friend Andy or my friend Jack, but to put that into action, that's a little something extra. Where do you think that comes from for you?
1: Hmm. It's funny. I get asked that a, a lot. And I asked my mom and she said, she says to me that you were like that a incredibly young age and she always she reckons back to this and i said i don't know about that and she goes no i remember when you were literally like six years old and all the kids would run to the bus and you want to be the first one on the bus and get the best seat and this and that and she said she remembers a little little boy running and tripping and falling and i was always really fast so i got to always be the first one, basically and uh so uh, she said all the kids just ran past that kid and you stopped and picked him up and wiped his tears from him and held his hand and walked him onto the bus. And she said, there isn't many people would do that. Right. So she said that she saw that in me at a really young age that it's just a, but for me, it's just a, it's a good feeling. And I know it is for everybody, but, um, special good feeling for me when I, I can lift someone up when they're down.
0: Well, salute. that is, that's a little bit of an outlier. I mean, that's not how everybody uh, looks at life and and I admire you for that. So tell us about this vision that you all have to build a new hockey facility uh, in castle pines. that will be almost, will be a home for the sled hockey.
1: Yeah. It would be a home for everybody. Basically that yeah. NHL, I'm stealing their mantra, but they, they have a mantra and marketing slogan called hockey is for everyone. Yep. And um this was kind of twofold. Um as Dog Nation was growing, I was trying to look at it and going, how is this going to be a sustainable model? Because right now the way we're set up is the vast majority of our our revenue comes from putting events on. Right. A golf tournament, a hockey tournament, and different right. like that. And these are really big events. Like they but Uh, they take a lot of work they take a lot of work yeah and i and at some point i'm gonna need to back off or slow down or retire or something and and i thought is this really a a sustainable model the way it's Mm -hmm. built so um a few years back i i often wake up thinking in the middle of the night and don't want to (laughs) wake my wife up and go in the other room and i i kind of just jotted down in a notebook like what if you were able to build an arena that's truly for everyone for boys girls young old men women able-bodied disabled veterans civilians and truly truly make a place that where hockey is for everyone and no, not no. just say it so but what if you were able to do that same thing and what you did is you um you built it with the first uh with, with the donations and. Um, starting with a municipality donating land. And then you go to general contractors and architects and uh, roofers and all the way down. Right. And said, what if you built it? Because the, the the biggest difficult thing of running a hockey rink is the cost of it. It's the cost of capital.
0: Oh gosh, they're not. I mean, we well, ran a basketball facility and we didn't have to keep track of ice and that was plenty right. expensive. So
1: Yeah. And so that's why you don't see new ones come up. Right. It's not like people don't like hockey. And it's why you see them go out of business. It's why you see right. you mean um park and recs not build them. And I right. knew that from years ago because I'd actually thought about at one point. My boss played college hockey and I played college soccer and we were. We were software accountants, and we thought, "Boy, this would be really cool if we did this." And and we built a whole model of a, a whole facility of indoor soccer and and ice hockey. And we realized pretty quickly that three things were going to happen: one, we were going to both work a hundred hours a week; number two, we were yep. going to be bankrupt; and number three, we we'd both be divorced. So we said, um, <laughs> "Not a the, good track." Stuff. But I always knew why they didn't work. They didn't work because of two really big things, and ones property taxes are really, really high on, on something that's worth that much. Yeah. And then the second thing is, the co- and the bigger one is the cost of capital. If you run it as a nonprofit, you eliminate one of those right off the top, which is the property tax. Right, And if you then are able to dig in and, eliminate or at least greatly reduce the cost of the capital by getting all these in-kind donations and mm-hmm. then following that up with donations to a charity, i.e. us. And so right. what if you built this arena that way, where at the end of the day, it's for the board members, they're, they're not making any money on it because right. it's part of a nonprofit. And by, as a nonprofit, if there's no cost of capital and there's there's no property taxes, Conservatively, this brings in a million and a half dollars of profit, not revenue a year. And so then you're able to take that profit and pour it back into the, Bump team, write it back into back the perpetually right. forever. And then I can retire. Yeah. Also, like I could quit because you could still do your events and all that other stuff, but right. you have much more control of, of yeah. do that. But you also just from every day it's generating revenue every and you're day. You're
0: not relying on the events either.
1: You're not relying on the events. And so that was the model, but it's a, and so that's been my focus for the last few years, but it is extremely difficult. Like this is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. No doubt. And so, but we did right. Um, an incredible donation by the city of Castle Pines. And so we actually have 12 acres at I-25 at Castle Pines Parkway to do. Awesome. And uh, then we've, we've got big companies, MOA Architecture, uh, um, Saunders Extension, Lolly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, these are big, big companies that have also, well, we want to be part of this. And if it got going, I know there would be tons more. And right. conservatively, we probably are looking at uh, the estimates from my folks at Saunders and at MOA are 10 to 15 million in in-kind donations. But uh, mind you, if we paid from the everything, if you bought that land and you did all that stuff, right. this is a $65 million project because it's three sheets of ice one one is actually a, a large enough arena that would be able to host the the world championships of sled hockey wow so like so the ambition is really big yeah um, it's a I mean, I'm a conservative guy, so maybe too big. But but at the same time, when I look at it on paper and when we do our presentation and some of the people we're in front of, Jay, they, I just pinch myself because it's like, how is this little CPA guy from <laughs> Oracle even go to dinner with this guy or go right. to house game with this guy? But the fact is, I do. And we have enough people in our network if I can... Like, I, I don't know if convince is the right word, but um, get on board with this and see the same vision I do. Yeah. We have the network to do it. It's just it's tough, though, because they all there's so many great causes. Out oh, there. yeah. And, yeah. So to, to, and I'd be naive to not think that. And right. Um, so so that's what you're doing. You're you're trying to shift some of those dollars your way to be able to. Yep do this so. and
0: it it takes a lot of persistence i mean it took us darn near 10 years to build a gold crown Fieldhouse out in lakewood so get it really yeah so like i say without ice you know it, it's 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 not easy so I, I applaud you guys for doing it um how much does it help when the local nhl club is so strong and you know now you're friends with coach bednar he's a stanley cup champion that that's got to have a little positive spillover onto you guys hopefully
1: yeah, it does. Yeah. Like there's things like, um, where, um, I'll be able to utilize it on a really easy level. Uh, for instance, like, Hey, you can go to lunch with the dog father and Jared Bednar. And how much would you bid on that? And yeah. so those are simple. Those aren't going to build ranks, but those are right. going to certainly help families and
0: and then, open up the community a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And it definitely, it's a, especially with them being so good right now, like anything, anything abs people are they're gonna grasp that and, and right. uh, we're extremely fortunate to to know some of those guys like literally personally i just went fishing two weeks ago at josackkik
0: and well milan M- 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 haydokes on your ambassador on board
1: or yeah young yeah, I mean, was calling me before you came on so there's a lot of these guys that will re they'll raise their hand and go hey I, I want to help and none of them are doing that for money they and right uh, And there I've even talked to Milan about it. Like, what if this grew? And nope, like I just want to do this with you. And that's awesome. So so yeah, it's a massive part to I and their pieces parts to get to someone else, including um Jan himself, has connected me with two or three people that I would not have connected with without Jan Heda. Right. There, there and and it's not really just because of his name it's partly because of the he's tapping i'm tapping into his network of friends right, his right. daughter was a horseback rider so oh the family this family's horseback right. yeah one thing will to another them. and so yeah so there, there's ones like that too and and it works both ways for me too because yanni will call me and i'll introduce right. him to somebody that he's he's uh he's yeah. working with now too so um becomes a big network really what it does
0: right you know you've been around sports a long time i've been around sports a long time the the hockey community is a little different in the way that they're just it just feels a little bit more open guys are more willing to throw their arms around you is that a perception on my part or is that a reality
1: no it's a reality i i kind of wonder that because i played soccer for so long Uh and um i would see uh, definitely a bit of that in our soccer community too right. and, but there was there wasn't a rallying point there wasn't a dog nation soccer and i i think it would have worked there but not maybe not to this level right. and i kind of think of it as there's there's um just not there's way less players like when i coach soccer i might play a team from canyon city that i'm coaching Right, and I might not see those kids till like three years later at another time. right. With hockey, they see the same families over and over and over again, yeah. Because um, there's way less of them, and and uh, at the end of the day, they're they're competitive and they want to win, and of course, there's uh, there's there's challenges in that, but at the same time, um, nobody wants to see anyone fall on hard times or be injured right. or get sick, and right. and I think what happens with hockey is you see it's so much smaller that. You're like, whoa, I know that little girl. I saw her as opposed to some of these other, I could be wrong on that, but I, but there also just is a big culture of giving. It feels like because they rally over and over and over again.
0: Well, I have to ask, so Hall of Fame soccer player, how does a Hall of Fame soccer player end up playing hockey on a lake behind his parents' house? Yeah.
1: So I, I loved hockey. It was my favorite sport as a kid, but it was unattainable financially so it's a pretty steep rings. entry
0: point that's I, that's I one of the issues of hockey yeah See,
1: yeah i mean we had immigrated from europe when i was a kid and um so soccer, soccer should be pretty much in your butt at that point but, right um, but my but i always loved hockey i even from a really young age, I would listen to the Denver Spurs on my transistor radio. And I I that was like what I I truly loved. And we'd flood the driveway and on crappy skates, attempt to skate. And when I was in high school, we moved up, up near Evergreen. And um the house that my parents bought had a pond with it. And nice. so that became my friday saturday sunday activity and uh, hand me down skates different things like that but we would just play pond hockey for hours on end and uh did that all ended up then for the first time when i was in high school for the first time ever we would rent ice and arvada and we would all get out and guys had football helmets on (laughs) and pillows tied to them and all i mean like it was they wouldn't even let you on the ice today if we did (laughs) and we'd go play and um but uh all through that i was pretty decent soccer player so i was able to play collegiately and and uh even a little bit after that and um at the same time when i was at metro state i actually started the hockey club there too. no kidding so, yeah so we were terrible but it was like uh not like now now they're really good
0: yeah they are good, <laughs> really good. Uh, oh. so
1: but back in the day for me it was um it was just something i just It was, it was really a love and you would be surprised how similar those two games are. Yeah. One's just faster, but a lot of the, the game, both of those games, the, better players are the ones that read what happens away from the ball or the puck. Yep. and that can find well, With you with basketball, the person that guys that sees those backdoor cuts before yep. someone else does, they create, they might have all the skills in the world, but if you yeah. don't see those gaps in those lanes, and for me, I just see them. Like, even when I coach soccer, i like, I'll take a kid aside, really good little player. And I'm like, do you not see that? No, <laughs> I see that. it's like, but but you know it too. But yeah. all, you're just like and so. But but that's really why. And and uh, for years we we honestly used that pond for probably 25 30 years. And wow, and actually, would bring little kids up once we became dog nation. And it was really early on fundraisers where we would make um, maybe 200 bucks that night or whatever, and serve hot chocolate and stuff. But
0: that's great. What happened
1: from one of those nights is um one of the they were kids that had never ever played on a pond never played outside they just played it yeah because their parents would take them and, and i would have these parents some of them way better hockey players than me cuz they were the coaches and stuff I would make them sit on the bench and <laughs> sides and and there's a cooler beer and there's some hot chocolate and stuff <laughs> but these kids are just going to have fun tonight and it was really hard for some of those parents to yeah that, that's really that was, hard yeah. and I encouraged like silly celebrations and things like that and let them play yeah, what happened on that pond was one of the kids that came there, and he was kind of a little maniac kid, but his dad ran Comedy Works. And that's how our ah. kid, he came, and he's like, this thing's really cool. And we'd only been around like a month or two months. And, and he said, why don't we do a comedy night at Comedy Works? And they donated. Wow. To- so that doesn't happen unless I have that pond. And totally. now what's kind of cool is that kid just got a hockey scholarship. And he's going to play at Maine. Oh wow. That Same little kid. It that was awesome. the maniac. I used to that's have to try and pull him off and I'd be like, you got to quit body checking kids in the they're <laughs> crying. And he was like eight years old. I kept reprimanding him. And here he is um, going to play NCAA <laughs> division that, one hockey. That's oh, right?
0: awesome. That is awesome. Like, like, uh, <laughs> so we, we talked about the facility, but what is it in the future that really gets you excited about dog nation?
1: just the, the one thing that we've done recently and it's tough, it's another tough branch off, but we started a, a move into other areas. And so now there's a St. Louis branch. Yeah. I
0: saw St. Louis. Right. Yeah,
1: And um, a couple guys in Minnesota, including Jan Heda, they want to do a Minnesota branch. Jan has moved up there recently. So yeah, um,
0: you've got proof of concept, right?
1: Yeah. You got the proof of concept. And, and um, so that's the, it's a challenge because you're trying to keep your brand the same right you know, up there. And so that's, it's going to be tricky to do that, but uh, yeah. it, I could see that. That's a pretty exciting part If each year. It's kind of fun to see the growth where we're last year. We, um, we were able to hand out checks, uh, right at around $800,000. Wow. And so this year we'll probably be right around that too, maybe a little bit North of there, but to watch that go from the very first year where we were really proud of ourselves when we handed out checks in our very first year of around 15 to $20,000. That was cool. And, um, and here we are now. I mean, that's what one check is.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Just one family. Yeah. So that's really kind of, kind of what I see, um, exciting future for us, but, um, yeah. of course, I hope it includes a rink, but that right. would be the creme de la creme. But I also know that's a really, really big lift.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big lift. So before I let you go, I'd like to finish with what I call the Fab Four questions. Okay. First one is, what's something you will read, listen to, or watch today?
1: Read, listen to, or watch. I'll probably pop on a little spit and check, but it's a little bit later today.
0: Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> so can you tell me, is there a role model for you that that's really made a difference in in leading you to this dog nation and on all these incredible things that you guys have accomplished.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it as much of a role model as just an inspiration, and that was that was Jack Kelly, who where where I talked on earlier, yeah, and I still yeah. talk to his wife and his kids, uh, his widow and his kids uh, on a fairly regular basis. But um, for me, it's um, I want to just continue his. Where where I people are still talking about him. It's, yeah. it's been since two thousand and ten, and and his his awesome. is still on my jersey. And, and when I look straight in front of me here over over the top of the computer, I see him and his three daughters. And
0: that's fantastic. Me, it's
1: kind of like I guess it's um, not really a mentor, but more of an inspiration.
0: Right. So other than Dog Nation, is there an organization out there that you'd love to give a shout out to, or really admire the work they're doing?
1: Uh, there's there's several. Um Colorado Sled hockey is is uh, as you mentioned earlier, those guys are great. They, org. Yeah, they have a great organization and they're they're doing what they can and and um and uh, we're always there gonna lift them up and, and help them and it does fit right in, in our role too. Some yeah, of the high school awesome really, yeah, we've seen Dakota Ridge hockey show, the guys out each year they do a military night and they work hand in hand with us to choose who we're gonna we're gonna help out uh each year and kids do an amazing job they each choose a veteran every single kid on the team chooses a veteran that they honor that's and, um, really really neat stuff there and then lastly um really really fortunate to get to know the um members of the humble broncos and that's the, oh yeah yeah so that was uh that's really how i got to know jared bednar jared a lot of people don't realize played for the Humboldt broadcast right. not that team and um and when we uh, we were able to help that that community through there rough times um that's when jared reached out to me for the first time and since i've actually brought seven of those boys of the 13 that survived that accident down to colorado for that's awesome wish type things and i've been up to humboldt three times myself and recently for their golf tournament and and um that's uh jared had me sitting at his table when he went in the hall of fame so that was pretty cool up there that's really cool but but there when i go stay there um Uh, most of the time I actually stay with one of the families and this one, uh, Curt and Celeste Light, who unfortunately lost their son, Jacob in the accident. They open their home to me and, um, just stay in their guest room and
0: and have
1: breakfast with them and their kids. And it's, it's so much better than staying at the hotel. No doubt. Like, uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, and it's it's such great evidence that if you continue to be persistent, grind, do the right thing, goodness creates more goodness, success yeah. creates more success. It's a, your, your organization is a great example of that. So lastly, if somebody wants to support, volunteer, yeah. learn more, what should they do?
1: Yeah, our, our website's pretty new in Native Rank because it's, uh, it's put it together for us, the revi- revision of it. And, uh, and it's uh, really easy to find. It's dognation.org. And I was really surprised, D-A-W-G, nation.org, that that wasn't taken already. But um, was, I would have
0: thought Georgia would have taken that one.
1: <laughs> I would have thought so, too. i you know, we really surprised because we had it. And and someone tells me, you know, dognation.org doesn't exist. I'm like, really? And it didn't. <laughs> like, That's so awesome. easy easy for us to get it easy to navigate to it and and um we've got a pretty big uh uh presence on facebook as well and that one is dog nation hockey foundation so kind of a long one but when you find that one um uh there's lots of cool inspirational stories on that and i i try and put something on there um every few days
0: awesome we'll we'll put that in the show notes i hope people will go visit martin thanks so much for the time and and cheers for continued success
1: yeah thank you thanks for having me
0: Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity and Event Services. If you'd like to find out how I can bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about the awesome Dog Nation Hockey Foundation, visit dognation.org and find them on Facebook. Check the show notes for links. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.